0: Welcome to the Traumonomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions, such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement.
1: This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas
0: with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions.
1: Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast. We're glad you're joining us here today. Uh, as we get started, I just wanted to mention um, thank you for listening to the podcast. We have listeners all over, um, and we, we really appreciate that. and. We appreciate you checking in. Uh, Jordan, you know, we talked the other day about, you know, knowing people who could use the podcast mm-hmm. um, and telling them. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we definitely need that, right? Because somebody knows somebody that needs to listen to this, you know? And so uh, I think it'd be good if you guys could, uh, you know, if you wouldn't mind jumping out there and sharing it with sharing it with a friend that you may know uh, needs to listen to this type of uh type of message that we're trying to give, um, family members, you know, uh, just please uh, give us a shout out there.
0: Yeah, we'd appreciate that. Uh, so the reason I'm, the reason I'm mentioning the, mentioning you, our listeners is because, uh, one of our listeners asked us to speak about a topic, vicarious trauma. Jordan, you want to share with us a little bit about what that is?
1: Yeah, well, I think the, the basic thing of vicarious trauma is, uh, trauma that, uh, kind of comes over uh, to you who are working with people who are traumatized or who have been through traumatic situations. Uh, and this can kind of cross all the different helping professions. Uh, and really really anybody could could experience vicarious trauma, particularly though in professions like police officers, firefighters, first responders, um, people who are, are on the ground with some of the big time things, you know, Major traumatic events that happen. Military personnel. Military personnel, absolutely. Right.
0: Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So could we could we just talk about? I guess the topic there is, uh, you know, self care. How do you help that person? And then how do you help yourself? Right. If you're a law enforcement, I have a lot of friends that, uh, over the years, have, are in law enforcement. And how do they take care of themselves? How does a, a firefighter? take care of himself or herself
1: yeah i think that becomes the ultimate question you know because let's uh you know for a minute let's try to put you know put the shoes on of a, of a firefighter or a police officer or somebody who's in the military who's in these experiences and that is their job they're in them all the time all the time you e- know the uh, emts right? EMT, right. paramedics right yeah, so. yeah you're you're facing this you don't know day to day what you could be experiencing what you could be facing one of the things i think that i've I've noticed just in my clinical work has been, you know, those that I've worked with in these professions. Part of the, part of the issue becomes how much do they debrief? How much do they talk about this stuff when it happens? Um, And I know, I mean, I, I I get some feeling that that's happening a little bit more in in our day and age. I don't know, but the long-term protocol of that, you know? So for instance, let's say you have a traumatic crisis that happens somewhere, you know, and um, as a police officer, you know, maybe you do some debriefing uh, type things, but you, I feel like that's a, that's a one-off a lot of times. How much of that is, is carried over? It's like, okay, we did our debriefing, that's it. Because you know, I know I had a uh, situation not too long ago where I had a, uh, an EMT, and he was asking me about EMDR. Uh, and we've talked a, maybe a little bit about EMDR. Uh, it's eye movement desensitization reprocess. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a tool for trauma uh, and so a technique. And so one of the things that he mentioned there was that they were doing they had, had a major crisis and they were going to do a one-off EMDR session. And I know my response to that was, well, a one-off EMDR session it may give you some some help, but that's not, you know, that's not even the protocol for EMDR, probably 9 to 10 sessions, something like that. Right. So per it, trauma per per traumatic per event. event. Right. right, right. And so it becomes one of those things of like, you know, what is sort of the long-term respite care for that person?
0: Well, it's interesting because I, as you mentioned that, I'm thinking about all of the things, events, people at their worst that law enforcement sees, all of those situations they find themselves in day in and day out, it almost uh, occurs to me there should be some kind of a protocol in place, and maybe there is. Maybe our law enforcement folks can chime in on this, but it seems like departments should have a protocol To help those folks deal with what they're seeing day in and day out and and self-care methods, things like that. I'm not sure that that happens, um, but uh, certainly what we know about PTSD, how it affects people's lives, uh, it's certainly something we, we... could think about and talk about
1: well and one thing i think we need to say on this too is sort of the uh, i'm kind of thinking this through as i'm talking so bear with me but there's like the tier one maybe uh people who are on the front lines like you you would have your military personnel your police officers firefighters emt that type of you know profession who are seeing stuff day in day out people with their worst but you're also going to have professions like i mean i think of like teachers therapists um people who encounter people who talk about these things, I'll, I'll speak particularly, specifically to therapy. Uh, vicarious trauma is a big, big problem in our field. It leads I to a lot it. of burnout. You I know? believe
0: it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm guessing, too, that, you know, just from my own experience, people who have these experiences or deal with somebody else's experiences seek relief. Absolutely. Which, if we go back, uh, t- taps into, you know, what, what do people do when they seek relief? There's healthy ways to seek relief. And there are unhealthy ways to seek relief. And so, um, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise that folks in those fields uh, succumb to addiction. Mm -hmm. Alcoholism, for example. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, yeah, and the various other types of ways to escape. You know, the escapism things that we've kind of talked about before on the podcast of, like, ways that you check out. That you try to, you know, you're you're trying to hedge against this stuff that you're dealing with all the time.
0: Right. So one of the things, we're going to go back here just for a minute to uh, the vicarious trauma, not the frontline folks, not the police officers, firefighters, people like that. What about family members? What about boyfriends, girlfriends, whomever that lives with somebody who has had those experiences? How do they not get, first of all, not get caught up in this codependence of reacting to that person's moods or something while being helpful, um, but not owning it themselves. Does that make sense?
1: It does. Yeah, I think uh, I think one thing that just came to mind uh, as you were talking there. Um, it's a word that I use a lot, but it's boundaries. Um, you know, my my clients around here would know that I talk about boundaries quite a bit, but boundaries are, are essential. Uh, and they're essential in healthy relationships. So, and what I'm meaning by this, I think we can take that, uh, and probably we could use a whole podcast episode maybe on boundaries. But, um, you know, so establishing healthy boundaries uh, can look like various things. You know, sometimes it's just being able to set, uh, set sort of the parameters for how you're going to act in relationship or how relationally you're going to communicate. Uh, and where that's important for vicarious trauma or really any any trauma you know Let, let's say you know you're you're with somebody, your spouse or whatever has experienced a lot of trauma you know it's um it like like Chris said, it can be very easy to end up in sort of a codependent type of relationship uh to where there's a lot of sort of feeding off that person's you know even just vibe you know their mood their their emotions everything uh it, it's essential to be able to have sort of your own. Uh, To do your own work. You know, that's one of the things we're trying to do on this podcast, right? Encouraging people to do their own work. That's probably the healthiest thing that I can say in regards to really working with any trauma, vicarious included.
0: Well, one of the things when you mention doing your own work, it reminds me of uh, the Melody Beatty book, Codependent No More. And I guess we're not really talking specifically about folks married or with an alcoholic here, although that would apply in that book. She talks a lot about detachment, and I think this would be an example of where it's important to detach. That is, let the person you know feel their own consequences, do their own work, and so forth. So, Jordan, tell me, how do you find the balance between detaching, or as Beatty says in that book, detaching with love, or taking over and controlling? Like, where's the? So you talked about boundaries. Where's that boundary? How do you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I think that's a great question. And, and honestly, I, I wish I could give you a, a specific, it's absolutely this. Unfortunately, as we know with this type of thing, you can't. It varies by situation, by relationship. But uh, to me, it's, the, you know, when Betty talks about sort of that healthy level of detachment, detachment with love. Right. That that to me is the key. Cause it, it, the, the key in that is with love. Okay, so in a healthy relationship, you know, un- unhealthy would look like this, where I'm just going to cut you off, go do my own thing, well, that's not always healthy either. You know, that that's sort of the opposite of the codependent model, right, to where I feed off of everything right. that you're doing. We're entangled in this mess. Uh, th- to me, you know, sort of this healthy level detachment kind of looks like this. There's a context of love surrounding that person. I'm still going to, it's kind of like the idea, and I've got a buddy that says this all the time. Uh, he will say that I, I am responsible to you, not for you. And I love that saying because it's like I'm going to be responsible to the relationship, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not here to to really take care of everything for you here or to get you out of consequences or whatever. Enable. Mm -hmm. Enable. Right, Mm -hmm. to enable. Mm -hmm. So one
0: example that Beatty talked about, I believe it was her ex-husband, you know, hiding alcohol in the toilet tank and things Mm -hmm. like that. (laughs) You know, she's not going to put up with that. She's not going to. Right. She's not going to go around looking for alcohol in the, in the toilet tank.
1: It's crazy making. It's yeah. crazy making yeah.
0: exactly. So I think your your point is well taken. That's a you know an area for folks who are dealing with somebody in addiction, and we've talked we'll talk about that a lot. But but I think that's a good boundary to and to not let that person's uh, situation take you over.
1: Well, and one thing to kind of kind of take us to maybe a different different place with this discussion too, looking at vicarious trauma is this concept of burnout. Uh, if you look, you know, and I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but if you were to look at the the rates of turnover in jobs that are high stress, dealing with levels of crisis, trauma, you name it, I, I can almost guarantee you the, the, the burnout slash turnover rate is going to be very high. Divorce rate, too. Right. Any of those type of things are going to be very high there. Um, because of just this high level of, of stress that somebody's having to deal with. You know, people, were, <laughs> we can only take so much type of things, you know. And there's a, you know, it, it's kind of funny, you know, in our field, I've gone to some of these, and you might have too, Chris, you know, being an educator at times, it's like, you know, these things on how to prevent burnout. You know, we, we see these all the time. There's yes. a ton of these things that go on. Yeah, burnout prevention over. programs. Right. right. And um, it, it, to me, it's, it's it's interesting because they come out come at you from this perspective of, you know here's some techniques that you can use to prevent burnout. I mean, and one of my things has always been as even as I sit through these things is like techniques and self-care. and you hear self-care all the time, Yes, that's absolutely a good thing. I'm not, I'm not knocking self-care at all, but you've still got to go back out there if that's your job and face this on a day in day out basis. My big thing in that how can you find how can you find maybe maybe peace? how can you find some, some contentment? I mean, at some point, I think you have to come to terms sort of with that. Is this something I can do? Is this doable for me? Can this be healthy for me to continue to do this type of work? And for some people, that answer is no. Um, you know, I've supervised other therapists before, and I can. You know, it's, it's a conversation I usually have with them is, you know, for the longevity in this field, you're going to have to find a balance or you're not going to be able to continue to do this type of work.
0: So if it's not work, if it's you know, let's just say it. If it's somebody in your family member who was sexually abused and it all comes out, what about that? If it's your family member, if it's your spouse, uh, you're obviously you could divorce them. But what are some what are some skills maybe we could use if you're in that situation as a, you know, as a caregiver, as a partner, something like that.
1: Well, I think this is where we give a shout out uh, to uh, Brene Brown's work, um, you know, on vulnerability and shame. Uh, you know, if, if you've, you guys, if you've not really uh, listened or watched, uh, she's got a program on Netflix, I believe, and various books, Daring Greatly, The Gift of Imperfection, all, all wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, but one of the things that you can take from her, uh, one of the things I take from a lot of her work, is this idea of just being able to walk alongside somebody. You know, this is where empathy Comes in, you know, right. because we, we've got to. It's more so than just giving somebody a pat on the back or some like simplistic, uh, canned response to something, it's being able to go to the depths with them. You know? And that's that's a skill that I think you know they you know they try to teach right in therapy school for us, but it in a, but, in a society
0: that doesn't teach empathy, correct? And I, yeah, I said that out loud, I guess, didn't I?
1: You did, mm-hmm. you did, so. True statement though. I mean, because and, and, you're right. We don't teach empathy. You know, it, in, in fact, how many people when they're faced with some of these adverse situations, they want to run from
0: exactly. You
1: know, and or or help in a way that's not necessarily helpful to that person. You know, we've got to. We, sometimes I think we have to reframe help. What is help? That looks different. But to me, it's the idea of the empathy. If you're a spouse, if you're a, if you're a family member here, uh, let's try to put their shoes on for a second and see what it's like to be them right now as it's unraveling. You know, how about this? Learn how to unravel with them in a healthy in a healthy way. Right. And you know? be
0: there to provide support through Absolutely. connecting with therapists, things like that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, we really appreciate you tuning in again. And we've got more episodes coming up. We're going to touch on uh, lots of different issues, have some guests coming up. And uh, we'd really appreciate it if you'd go on and uh, give us a review. If you would share the podcast, go find us on social media. We'd really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're finally in the big time, and we've got our social media fi- finally up there. I think uh, so. Yeah, know, I think and, we uh, are.
0: You know, but there's probably <laughs> uh, some new social media that we don't know about. So could be. Um, you know, we're a couple of old guys here, so if you know of a social media outlet we should be on that we're not, let us know. We'd appreciate that. Too. Well,
1: and please get on our platforms as well and subscribe to us. Give us reviews, like us on there. Uh, guys, we just we just want to give a shout-out, too, like like Chris said, to all of our listeners. I mean, we've got some listeners worldwide, I believe. Sweden, Sweden right? Yeah, so shout-out to our listeners in Sweden. Uh, Australia. Really appreciate that. Uh, it's you know. a
0: small world. And we do know, we know that a lot of the issues that we're speaking about on the podcast are global. And we, we will touch on, we'll do some research. Um, you know, I've read a lot of articles from researchers in other countries. And at some point, we will... Um, we'll touch on other countries as well. So we do know this is a global issue.
1: Also, if you guys have a topic that you would like for us to address on the podcast, get on our Twitter, at UpstartRes. Send us a, send a, let us know. Let us know what you want to hear. Give us an email. Let us know what you want to hear about. We want to try to provide content that both we think is appropriate, but also that, that you guys would just like to like to hear about. Yeah, we'd, we'd appreciate it. be glad it. to address.
0: All right. We'll see you next time.
1: Have a good week. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC. For educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.